Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski. I'm joined by Rob Stanley. And today we have a really exciting discussion, um, again, about sourcing. We actually just recently spoke with Stephen Selikoff about the upcoming Canton Fair. So this kind of goes hand in hand. We are chatting with Yulia Blanova from Zignify about top cost saving tips for Amazon sellers when sourcing products. And we're going to be talking about China versus going outside of China. So let's jump straight into it. Yulia, how are you, dear? I'm very good. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for having me. Rob, you need to smile more like on the <laughs> the, the, the starting point, such big smiles. Thank you, guys. Uh, pleasure, uh, pleasure being one of your uh, Amazon expert guests. <laughs> We're yes, so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. So so let's just go ahead and jump straight into it. Right. So I think at the beginning of maybe not the beginning of COVID, when I came into e-com and supply chain in July of 2020, there was this big conversation about China plus one, you know, diversifying your uh, sourcing destinations to countries outside of China in addition to. Is China still the best country to source from in terms of cost and efficiencies? It hasn't been for a while, to be open and honest, even before COVID. And a lot of people don't actually realize it because the only thing that we hear from a lot of experts, from a lot of different teaching programs, Amazon dropshipping e-commerce is start with China because it's the cheapest, fastest, lowest MOQ. But honestly, this hasn't been the case for a while. If you're going, let's say, for textiles or for sports equipment, you can as easily go to Pakistan. They will have price that will be even a little bit lower than China and MLQs that are lower than China because those guys really want to stand out and they want to take away the business from China. At least a small, you know, a small percentage will do them very good. So in this case, no, China... I'm not saying don't source from China. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one of our brands that we have, we still source from China, but we're trying to diversify it currently to India, uh, Pakistan, Germany, and Turkey, right? With all of the products and SKUs that we have. However, the second brand that we launched for ourselves, this is all made in Germany. And we did this on purpose. And this was before COVID started, but we wanted to make sure that we have even better control over the supply chain and that we have it close to home and that we can sell our products for more expensive and that the Germans will buy made in Germany and Americans will buy made in Germany and the rest of the people as well, because made in Germany goods are the best. Well, used to be, right? So to answer your question, China can still be the best country, but it depends on the product. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And so I, a question for you, and I don't mean this to be just a real, because there's probably a big answer to this, but can you share some of the most uh, cost cost effective strategies when sourcing products? And like yeah. I said, I know that's kind of a big question, but just focus in on, on a few that you kind of seen. 
Yeah, um, I can focus on the few that I have seen personally uh, when I was doing sourcing, because I still talk to the manufacturers when I have that itch in me when I need to scream, not scream at someone. Again, this is one of the first thing. Do not scream at your manufacturers. Do not be aggressive. Please remember that there is a human on the other side. And this is what you need to do. You need to connect with your manufacturers on the human level. It doesn't matter whether you're talking to a person from China, from Mexico, from I don't know, Nepal, Timbuktu, Guatemala, it doesn't matter. You need to connect with those people on a personal level. And this is actually one of the negotiation strategies um, that we use. Um, before you start negotiating and getting kind of your product in, first thing, you need to identify where the heck can you actually manufacture your product, right? And a lot of people, they come in with this and they say, oh my God, how can I find out where can I manufacture a wooden table? Okay, very easy, very, very easy exercise. Literally go on Google and you can type in uh, top manufacturers of wood in the world, top producers of wood in the world, top importers, top exporters, right? And you will have a certain number of countries that deal with this particular material. Because one of the things when we are looking at sourcing that is done outside of China, what we need to look at is we don't necessarily source by product, we source by material. Uh, because most likely the product like you have is not being produced, but it can be, but the material is you know, already there. So this is the first thing that we do. Um, secondly, we're getting in touch with the factories and please do not communicate. And I say this all the time, but people for some reason are still not listening to me. Uh, please do not get in touch with three companies, send them one email and then come to, to anyone to complain saying, oh my God, I didn't get any prices. Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, when we're doing sourcing outside of China, we call it ROW, rest of the world. Uh, we get in touch with about 60, 60 potential manufacturers because wow. out of them, 30 will respond. Out of them, 10 or 15 will give prices based on your uh, products. Let's say you got in and um, you start communicating with the potential manufacturers. First, extremely important point of negotiations is actually to tell the potential manufacturer about yourself, about who you are, where have you been, where you're at, and where you're going to. A perfect example to this is when we were starting our second brand, the one that we were producing uh, in Germany, we were in touch with actually over 100 different manufacturers because, you know, because we could. Uh, and it's, of course, so much fun. Um, and we came, we found one manufacturer, we got the samples, everything was great. And we came to the point of negotiating the prices. He was asking us how much we're going to sell the product for. We told him, he's like, oh my God, you're going to make crap load of money. We're like, uh, wait, 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 hold off, hold off. Now it's time to tell you about who we are, how much market we can potentially take and how much money we're actually going to be making. So one of the first things is please tell the manufacturer about yourself. If you're an existing Amazon seller, share the numbers. It's not going to kill you. If you're making, I don't know, 500K per year or 500K per month, share those numbers. Share the revenues. Do not share. I mean, you can share your margins as well later on in the negotiation stage. A lot of manufacturers, especially outside of China, they don't understand that people can make money on Amazon. 
that people can make money in e-commerce and in drop shipping. They think, I mean, me, I can sell on Amazon. For us, right, it's absolutely normal thing because we're within this community that seems to have thousands of people. But in reality, if you look at the percentages of people who are in this and people who are not in this, we're, we're a fraction of nothing. So the factories who are owned by 55-plus-year-old white men, no offense to 55-year-old-plus white men, but this is kind of, you know, the, the, the trend in there, uh, those guys, they don't understand e-commerce. They don't understand Amazon. So you need to explain this to them. And we go as far as showing them uh, screenshots from using, for example, information from Helium 10, right? From the, the x-ray thing. So we're showing, hey, look, this is the product that we want to sell. Here is how many people are selling it. Here is how much money they're making per month. And we want to have, you know, to have 10 or 20 or 30% of that market. Then the jaw falls down and then there, you know, or drops down and the manufacturers, potential manufacturers, they're more open to negotiation. So you need to set that scene that you are looking to do business long term and you need to show them what additional benefits you're bringing to them. Currently, just say, telling them, hey, guys, I'm going to buy from you. This is no longer not enough. Um, if you look at a lot of manufacturers in Europe, in Turkey, in U.S., there is a problem. They're booked out. They're increasing their prices and they can pick their customers. We have some people who come to us and say, oh, my manufacturer said his lead time is 30 weeks. I'm like, excuse me, did you mean 30 days? No, 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 30 weeks. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fun. Uh, let, let's do something about that. Um, and when we came in and we talked to this guy's manufacturer, we explained, who, you know, and he was in the call as well. And we explained in more detail who he is, how much he's selling, um, how much he potentially will buy. The lead time all of a sudden, uh, so they could start production in one or two weeks all of a sudden because they saw better potential, better potential for cooperation and growth. So this is something you need to properly indicate to your manufacturer. Um, one of the things in order to negotiate your prices better, and again, this goes for China, this goes actually for any country in the world, um, is know who you're talking to, right? So if I were to talk to Rob, for example, I would know which topics to bring upon to make him like me more. Like I would talk about, hey, Rob, when is the next time you're going to go golfing, right? Uh, and where are you going? Who are you going with? And things like this. So you try to connect with people on a personal level. Um it's very easy to do, to be open and honest, especially we live in the 21st century. You can literally track anyone with everything unless they're hiding and living in, in the bushes somewhere, in a bunker, in the middle of, I don't know, uh, Greenland or something like this. Um, when we get in touch with the manufacturers and we see that there is progress in there and that we need to further push some buttons, we will explore who we're talking to on the other side. As easily is we will check the person on LinkedIn, on Xing, Instagram, Facebook, uh, any other social media that can be present in the country where this person is located. It's not really stalking, 
uh, it's uh, checking out your uh, opponent and seeing what you can do with the information. Again, when we're communicating with someone, we're not lying towards to the people. We're trying to show genuine interest. And based on this, you know, uh, one working bee uh, to the other worker bee, you build this relationship and you have like in China, we call it Guanxi, right? And you build this and you will be, to, uh, will be able to negotiate a little bit better, uh, which kind of leads me to the next point. Don't always disclose to the manufacturer that you are the big bad boss or the big good boss, depending on how you run your company, uh, because I can be either. So we like to come in and uh, we call it the undercover hack. You go into the manufacturer, you negotiate and you say that, you know, you describe the company, you, you, you know, you share all of the information, how I mentioned, um, and you say that I'm not the boss, right? That I have this boss, he is not a bad person, pretty good, but, you know, if I don't get the job done, if I'm not going to be able to lower down the price for the 10 cents, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. Can you please this time, can you please help me? I, I don't know how, but in the future, I will try to repay you. And, you know, please, please. So you can kind of, you know, use uh, this kind of technique saying I'm not the boss. My boss today is a, uh, a menace, is a, the devil, and uh, he will not let me live a good life unless I get this price. And you'd be surprised how much power the account managers have uh, or account managers, sales managers, call them whatever you want, because they also have a boss who they might not necessarily like. And uh, they might connect with you on that level. And honestly, it might be a naughty trick, but we use this and it helps us to get the prices down. So, you know, uh, these are some of the tricks that we're using. Um, it's extremely important when you're sourcing China's again, China is a great place to source, um, about, uh, how many 40% of our projects still come from China, 60 are outside of China because people are trying to diversify their supply chain first due to COVID secondly, now due to political situation. And I just read on the news today, one of the prime ministers from Taiwan is flying somewhere abroad and they're going to uh, have a stopover in the U S so, you know, now we're going to have a, we're going to have the next stage of the, you know, very unfortunate situation. So one of the important things is to understand the culture and people really underestimate it when they're trying to do negotiations. I think anyone who has done sourcing in China has heard such things as, hello, dear, how are you today? You know, so like kind of... Uh, something that we in the more Western world are not used to in terms of communication. Like uh, for me going to US, uh, everyone is so emotional. You know, when I, when I meet Americans, like everyone is so super hyper emotional in comparison to me, a Russian person who is kind of closed off inside and everyone's so happy and complimenting each other. You know, we were in the airport and the, like a woman came in into the, 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 the train scene and she's like, so another woman, she's like, oh my God, I love your pants and your shoes are amazing. I'm like, are they together? Nope, they're not. And, you know, we need to be aware of such things. In China, uh, a wonderful example as well of knowing about the cultures and not being offended and understand how they work. 
Um, I have a friend in China. Um, I am a godmother to his kid. Um, for the last, the kid is like 12 years old by now. And uh, yeah, one time we went into their apartment in Beijing and he's like, oh, Yulia, you got fat. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Thank you very much. As a person who has been living in China for, you know, nine years and grew up on the border with China, I was perfectly fine with this. I still had a, not a very nice feeling, but, uh, you know. And a few weeks ago, literally on my LinkedIn, I had a post on my LinkedIn and under my post, he wrote, Yulia, you lost weight. I'm like, okay, this is LinkedIn, right? This is not Facebook. This is not WeChat, Weibo or something like this. This is something absolutely different. So those things we need to accept. We need to accept that in uh, Mexico, most of the people do not speak English. To the contrary, what American cinema wants us to think that everyone speaks English. Uh, that people in India take very long breaks as well as people in Mexico and in Spain. So we need to be aware of those cultural differences. We need to be aware that uh, people not everywhere speak English. So. I mean, for us, that's relatively easy. We speak over 20 languages on the team. But um, when we see people who are doing sourcing on their own, one of our suggestions is when you found someone and you are dealing with negotiations and you're getting to the point of placing an order for mass production, of doing quality control before shipping, of arranging for shipping, find a person who can, if you don't speak the language, find a translator, find a person who can be helpful um, for you. You can go on um, Fiverr, you can go on Upwork. Uh, I mean, there are tons of places where you can hire a person on kind of a uh, per hourly basis. So this is definitely something extremely important. Um, one of the major things is in diversifying your supply chain is make sure that you are in direct contact with the factory. Um, you can work through sourcing agents or sourcing agencies. That's perfectly fine. I mean, you know, I am absolute horrible loser in marketing. So that's why I don't do it. I hire people who will do this. However, I can do sourcing. I can do talking. So I focus on my uh, top capabilities and experiences and expertise. And I use that. And I don't waste my time on doing something I can't, even though I know a little bit about it still. So a lot of people, they are afraid of doing that because they think they will waste the money. So I don't think this to be true, but everyone needs to get to that point, right? The same like with Gitida, you guys do reimbursements. My husband, I know people who still sit there and do reimbursements on their own. I'm like, shouldn't you be focused on actually doing sales and bringing in a lot of money and diversifying your sales channels and bringing in more products, right? So, but I think everyone needs to get to that point. In any case, um, with supply chain, uh, diversification is extremely important uh, for many different reasons. And it's not only political, but it is also for cost optimization. I give you a wonderful example of a customer that we had who was working through an agent so uh, it was an agent. A lot of agencies, they work on the percentage, right? So they take maybe base plus percentage on every order and you have to place an order through them. So our customer was working with an agency or with the lady as such. And, um, you know, they wanted to get in direct. The quality of the product started to deteriorate and the customer wanted to get directly in touch with the factory. 
the agent resisted it at any level point with every fiber of her being. So we came in and we started talking to the agent. One of the most wonderful things that I ever heard, we said, we need to go to the factory. We need to look at their tooling. And uh, the factory was located in China. Uh, we needed to look at the tooling to do quality control, talk to the engineers, adjust mass production, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the agent said, you can't go there uh, because you, you can only get there by bicycle. Um, huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a problem. We have bicycles. We can go. You know, I, I like outdoors and all of that stuff. And plus, and you can ride the motorcycle. Not a problem. So we ended up finding uh, through different import export records. Uh, we ended up finding the actual manufacturer. And what we found out that not only the agent received the commission on every order, but the price was one almost one dollar more expensive than what it could have been yep. and the customer in the last year he purchased five hundred thousand pieces of the particular product so the agent got in addition to her commission which i don't know how much it was she got 500k just for herself i mean this is wow. this is not bad right so and we found out the information pretty fast. Within three hours, we already knew who the factory was and we were talking to them and we got the prices and then we managed to improve the product, et cetera, et cetera. But then um, this, comp this particular company, let's say they're selling the garlic press, right? The famous garlic press. Uh, they're selling the garlic press in the USA. And uh, due to the what the product is, the import, the new import taxes will be imposed on that particular product. So for us, it was also important to diversify. So we went to India and we went to Mexico. We found manufacturers uh, in both of the countries that were at similar uh, price point as they were in China. So not only the diversification of the supply chain helped with uh, you know, keeping the price on the same level as the purchasing price in China. But it actually, the landed cost became cheaper because the import tax in comparison, India and Mexico, right? Or versus China for Mexico, this particular product has import tax of zero. So, you know, you're saving literally like 25% plus you're saving on the shipping costs, shipping time, you have higher liquidity because from the moment you place an order to the moment you can start selling the product, it's about four weeks versus eight or nine weeks, right? In comparison to China. So this is extremely important and something that people should consider. Um, supply yeah, chain... I I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but we do have to take a, a quick break. You are on a roll. I'm loving all of this, but we're, we're going to come back and continue to, to talk about cost reduction strategies. And, and I want you to share more with folks about how they can verify whether or not they're working with the actual factory as opposed to losing out on 500K working with an agent who they think is the factory. So let's take a, a short break and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. 
All right, you guys, be sure to head over to getty.com forward slash sellernomics to get that first 400 and FBA reimbursements free. Yulia, keep going, dear. Sorry, we just have to sneak those in and, and let everybody take yeah, a drink of water. As well. My husband, <laughs> I mean, we're using Getita as well for our uh, Amazon reimbursement. So I'm all, I'm all up for it. <laughs> uh, look, it's relatively easy to find out. Um, so you have several different types of people who you can potentially work with. You have sourcing agents or agencies. I'll put them kind of in one column. Then um, you have uh, trading companies and you have manufacturers. Um, sourcing agencies and agents are pretty easy to spot. Um, you can ask them if you can visit the factory. You can ask them that you want to talk to the big Lao Bang, to the big boss, to the, you know, of the fact, the big cheese um, that you want to communicate and you want to establish that connection with the factory. If you see that there is resistance coming from uh, from the person that you are communicating with, um, most likely the person is an agent or working for an agency, right? Because they don't want to share the contact because they don't want to lose their commission. I can honestly fully understand them. And I know some people who work with the agents and they said, guys, we will continue working with you. We will continue placing the orders through you, but we still need to talk to the manufacturers because the way we're communicating, the process is a very slow, different time zones, you know, because the person in Asia is still a person in Asia, whilst you're in US, God knows how many hours uh, difference you have. Second, you have the trading companies. Um, Honestly, before you start working with any company, I mean, you can start getting quotations and things like this. Again, it doesn't matter if it's China or the rest of the world. Um, you can start getting quotations, but you also, at some point, if you decide to order samples from them, I suggest you request um, their registration certification, right? Again, it doesn't matter which country they're in. And I understand you might not be able to read Arabic, uh, Chinese, uh, Spanish, or something like this, but let's be open and honest. There, even with Google uh, Translate, you can take a picture and it will translate for you, or you hire a person on Upwork for 20, 50, 100 bucks, they will give you a translation. So, when you ask for those certification of registration, and honestly, this is also a public information. If you know how to find it, it's out there. You will see how the company is registered. Because the company can be whether a manufacturer or a trading company or both, right? So none of those things are really bad. Depending on what you're looking to purchase, if what you're looking to private label or develop, either of three options can be a good option for you. If you're a person who has, um, you know, maybe larger quantities and you would like to do a little bit more of a private label and uh, do some changes on your products, then I suggest a manufacturer. If you're a person uh, from five years ago who thinks you can buy a product for $5, sell it for 20 and make millions on Amazon, uh, I suggest a trading company. Uh, those guys, they have different types of stock available. They have connection to a lot of factories. 
So you can literally buy products worth a couple of hundred uh, in the factory packaging, send them to Amazon um, or to your e-commerce store and start selling them and see, you know, have a kind of a beta test and test drive it and see if it sells. Then you can say, all right, guys, I want higher quantities. I want better pricing or start searching for a manufacturer. But trading companies are good in the sense, again, they have a lot of connections and you can have smaller uh, MOQs, minimum order quantities with them, right? So for smaller guys, good option. Third type is manufacturing trading company, which is awesome, right? Trading companies, they have import export license usually or they can only have sometimes only one of them because they don't import anything into the country, but they export something out of China which is great because then they have the control over what is happening and they're not using third-party company um, certification and uh, license, expert license to export your products, right? Uh, with those companies, you can also, also potentially try and buy in local currencies. And this goes not only for China, this goes for other countries as well. Um, in other countries like Germany, uh, all, all throughout Europe, even all throughout US, you have, they're not really kind of, you can't really call them trading companies, but kind of trading company mixture of a wholesale kind of thing. So let's say you would like to launch a, uh, a line of cosmetics, right? And you found a manufacturer in the US, which is tons of them, and they actually have all the jars and bottles. But let's say you want a special jar or bottle. And you don't want to order from China. You want to order locally because it will come faster. So in this case, I actually don't suggest going on Amazon because a lot of those smaller businesses, they go on Amazon and buy those jars. You can literally uh, go into Google and type in something like uh, 50 milliliter uh, jar, glass jar by 500 pieces. And you will have tons of websites popping up who are selling in such larger quantity and they will definitely have a better price for you. So again, trading company is not always bad. Um, it depends on the situation that you're in. And this goes for many different countries. Um, another point is in China, where a lot of companies they source or a lot of people they source with the help of Alibaba. And some people say, oh, my God, you source with the help of Alibaba. What the hell are you doing? What am I paying you for? Guys, if you know how to use Alibaba and 1688, which is Yao Liu Papa, their Chinese original counterpart, uh, you will be covered in a wide sense of what you're looking for. It's about communication. It's about what questions you're supposed to ask. And the same goes for Europe, US. There are a few platforms out there that you can potentially use, but um, you need to be very careful with them. So one of the tips, I think we're going to, you're going to scream at me soon. Finish, finish. So <laughs> one of the late, because Rob is looking already very not happy. Um, one of the tips is when you're um, looking at the websites of the manufacturers that are located outside of China, let's say you found them through Google, through Instagram, YouTube, or something like this, do not always believe everything that you see on the website. 
most of the companies outside of China are still technologically challenged when it comes to updating their websites. You look at the website, it looks like it's from 1995. So everything you see there, it doesn't mean they produce. And everything you don't see there, you know, they can still produce. So you need to make sure to talk to the people. And this is one of the major points. Sorry, last tip, last tip. Um, for us to get one price on average um, outside of China takes three emails and four phone calls to one factory, right? This is to one factory. Um, the same, for example, we're doing sourcing for Amazon. So this is for them also kind of uh, a medium that we're using and getting good results or for any Amazon or e-commerce seller. Yeah. So can I continue talking or you guys want to ask some questions? <laughs> Well, no, we want to actually make sure that there's enough time for you to talk a bit about Zignify and what you guys do. Uh, you gave a lot of great information that Amazon sellers can take advantage of. And of course, we want them to follow up with Zignify and with you if they have more questions. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about Zignify, what you guys do and how you help these Amazon sellers. You covered a lot of great tips here. But, uh, you know, sometimes... Like you were saying earlier, uh, sometimes you got to just outsource to Gatita, like we talked about. And there's other times, you know, it's like maybe you sourced, maybe you think you found a good price, but why not follow up with somebody like Zignify to find out if maybe you are getting the best price or if you're going to launch a new product, maybe they can help you find that product. So tell everybody a bit about Zignify and what you guys do. Um, yeah, sure. I started, I've been in this business for 18 years. I spent nine years in China, then Singapore, then, you know, Germany. And I started the company about two years ago and we grew from me, one person to almost 50 women. Sebastian is our only, uh, guy on the team. So what I keep saying is international women's day is not a good day for him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we work with, again, Amazon is one of our customers. We do sourcing for them. We work with a lot of aggregators. We work with big companies. We work with small companies. Uh, we have one of our customers, and I really admire her. She's a nurse in a hospital in Paris, and she's launching her clothing line. She's in mass production right now, which is awesome, you know. Um, we help with sourcing globally. Um, we help with product optimization, uh, just in general, because you want to have higher margins. And we also help with up cost optimization before you sell, before you exit, because the higher margins you have, the more money you will get. Um, yeah, we work all across the globe and this is what, you know, I suggest to people as well. Look at it from a very different perspective. Like, you know, what is your product? Where are you selling? Which countries? And what marketing USPs you have? Based on this, you can identify the country or that's what we do. Identify the country that is the best for your specific sourcing needs. It's not always China. It's not always Mexico, India, et cetera, et cetera. There are tons of opportunities out there and people are starting to realize it. So those people who will uh, optimize their supply chain, they will have an upper hand and they will definitely be ahead of the people who are just sticking in one spot and like, no, 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 it's okay for now. It's okay for now. Until the next Corona, until the next uh, Nancy Pelosi flight, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, yeah, let uh, let folks know where they can learn more about you and Yuli. If they have any questions, if they uh, want to reach out, where can they get a hold of you? 
uh yeah they can go to our not they you wonderful lovely people have a great day you can go to our website which is zignify.net you can also send an email to me which is think over there on the screen if i'm pointing correctly yulia at zignify.net and we would be happy to actually talk to you we always give getita gives 400 bucks we can't give away money we're not that big um <laughs> but uh, we give away free consulting sessions so if you come to us even just you know for half an hour just to chat with us and to pick our brains absolutely not a problem we can do that and we will not even try to sell to you because honestly um we believe again because we're amazon sellers ourselves we believe in customer value overload so this is as what we amazon sellers offer to our customers and this is the service that we provide to the people who come to us to get our service so if you're happy one day you'll come back to us we're perfectly fine with this if not and you're still happy we're also happy. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for anybody listening on the audio platforms, that is Zignify, Z-I-G-N-I-F-Y dot net. That is Zignify. Awesome. Z is You're very American, right? I think in, in yes, Canada, they I, say Z. Uh, everyone else says Z except for us. So sorry for our international listeners, Z-I-G-N-I-F-Y dot net. That just throws me off. <laughs> But also, thank you so much for being here, Yulia. We really appreciate your time, dear. That's, I mean, I, I, Rob even sent me a message. Do you guys have your own podcast? Because if not, you should start one. Because you, yes. you're very well spoken, very knowledgeable, and if you have, if you have the time. <laughs> that, that's the that's the point where I'm with Rob. Uh, you know, the the, the time concern uh, because I'm going to calculate how many uh, days or weeks we have actually spent at home since December, which is not much. So, but yeah, we need a little bit more time in the day. Then we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. <laughs> well, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, it was absolutely great information. Uh, I think we're going to have Sebastian on at some point here. We're, we're still trying to schedule him. So I'm sure that'll be another uh, great <laughs> bunch of information and probably be a lot of uh, good conversation. I know it's so it's crazy. I see you guys everywhere and uh, it, it just like you see me. So it's a lot of fun uh, when I do get to see you guys. Great information because I've dealt with some of those situations. I, I actually went to a factory one time and there was this guy who was basically, we didn't realize he was an agent. But mm -hmm. it became apparent because we're at the factory and I looked at the guy and I said, hey, where's the restroom? He had no clue. So if he was from the actual, uh, you know, from the actual factory, he would, have, of course, known where the restroom was. Right. And it was funny. He had to ask somebody else. So I knew immediately the guy was the agent, but we got, had a really good price with them. He also was good at kind of keeping that communication between us and the factory. So definitely been there and done that. A lot of those different scenarios you gave. But uh, thank you so much for call coming on the Selenomics podcast. We absolutely appreciate you and Sebastian and, of course, Zignify family. And you guys are always great. So uh, be sure to go check out Zignify, Z-I-G-N-I-F-Y.net. I know you say it different, but that's uh, our American listeners, Zignify.net. Yeah. Be sure to go <laughs> check them out. And thank you again for uh, coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have an awesome day ahead of you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash Sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. 
And thanks again for listening.